0: Yeah, it's been a while since I've been up here, so I'm excited to to be back back talking with you guys again. Um, And we're talking about the Great Commission. I'll go ahead and read it for us. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, Help these words to have meaning to us. Help, help us to to grasp what you've what you've claimed, what you've called, what you've promised to us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So I'd like to think that Chris had me. Uh, preach on this one because I'm uh, one of the folks in the church that, that grew up Baptist and this is like the quintessentially Baptist passage, right? And people who didn't grow up in that tradition, you, know, you might not, you know, pe- people have different exposures to this, to this passage as I, as I understand, but if you, if you grow up in a Baptist church, like this is going to be like on the wall, like if, if you know anything coming out of Sunday school, you're going to know like John 3.16 and the Great Commission. Um, and, so, and so maybe this, you know, this was like a, a gimme. It also makes it kind of hard to, to preach on because at least for me, I don't know about for you guys, I've, I've seen this a lot. And that always, you know, it makes it easy and hard, right? Um, uh, I should say, like, I guess as an aside, just in case it's not entirely clear, um, so Oak Church doesn't have a, a denomination. We meet in a Baptist church, um, but, uh, and this church was built originally as like Lakewood Baptist Church, um, and, and was for for a long, long time. Oak Church, um, you know, is, is doesn't have a, a denomination. We we are a part of the uh, Ecclesia network that that Chris mentioned earlier, which fills some of some of that purpose. Um, and so Chris has been highlighting, you know, other other churches in that network. Um, and I say that kind of as an aside because it is not always super clear. In college, I I went to a church for like a year before I found out that it was actually a Southern Baptist church. And it, was, it wasn't on the, on the name, it wasn't in any material, like I, I just didn't know. And I wasn't like trying not to go to a Baptist church, I wasn't particularly trying to either. Um, I found out when they like started collecting a Lottie Moon offering, I was like oh. Um, and if you didn't grow up Southern Baptist, that's, a, that's also another thing that you won't know anything about. <laughs> Which is an aside to an aside is actually kind of a shame because Lottie, uh, Lottie Moon offering named after Lottie Moon lived in the late 1800s. Um, kind of deserves to be better known, I think, outside of like the Southern Baptist Church. She was kind of a stud. Um, <laughs> forgive the not gender appropriate. Um, which is kind of uh, so. Uh, that kind of actually it actually fits. She um, uh, lived in the late 1800s, early early 1900s. She was one of the first women to graduate with a master's degree in the South. Um, kind of a, uh, became a Christian in, in college. And then uh, in her early 30s, she decided, uh, you know, she felt that God was was telling her to go to China, um, to go be a missionary. But there was a problem, right? She was, uh, she was a single woman, and, and you don't send single women to be missionaries in the 1800s. So um, she pressed. And uh, in 1872, uh, the... Southern Baptist sending organization sent her as I think the second female missionary, single female missionary they'd ever sent. The first was her older sister, and uh, and she served there for forty years. And she spent um, that whole time, you know, writing letters back that were passionately arguing for things like um, like equality for women on the field, um, equal access to, to decision making, and, and things like that, and um, and just loving the people there. She was not of the kind of uh, colonizing school of, of missionary, right? She was um, she was very much uh, incarnational. She she became a rural Chinese woman. She learned the language and custom, and and you know took on that that form um, and loved them for a very very long time, um, to the point where in uh, the 19 teens, when um after the Boxer Rebellion, um, there's a lot of famine uh, in China. And, uh, and people around her were, were starving, and so she, she gave them her food um, because she couldn't, she couldn't love the people without sharing what, what she had. Um, and she did that to the point where as people around her were starving, um, she did too. Um, she died in 1912 of, uh, of severe malnutrition. Um, she was 50 pounds. Um, she was a she was 72 years old, but um, that's an aside, but it's kind, of, it's kind of dangerous to talk about someone like Lottie Moon right, in, in the context of this passage, right? Because um, I don't know about, about you all, like when I come to this passage, I get defensive. Um, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's kind of cliche, maybe. Um, but I, I get, like, my rationalizations start real, real fast. Like, well, that's, that's great. That's, that's great that, that people do that. Um, but I start pointing out, like, why that's not me. Um, now, that might not be you, right? Because we've got, we've got people from very different uh, parts of, of their lives here. And there are a lot of people here who, in very real ways, have set aside your life and, and gone, right? Um, or are about to go. Um, like like Ash and Chan, um, you know, gone to seminary, gone to, to plant a church, um, and so if that's you, I think there is there's a lot of encouragement in this in this passage, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, or you could be one of those who um, who you know God has been has been prodding, um, like maybe maybe that should be um, you. Or maybe he's been working on you, and in which case, um, you know, I think there's 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 applications there as well. But for me, as someone who's kind of slowly and surely built up some, some kind of comfort, um, you know, piece by piece, like removed risk in my life, right? As, as kind of is what we do as we kind of settle down. Um, my my defenses come up real fast. Um, so if that's you. Um, I'm going to, we're going to try to set that aside for a minute, right? We're going to try to come to this passage like the disciples did, as if we're hearing this kind of the first time. We're, you know, we're, we're overwhelmed. We're kind of weighing over our heads. We don't really know what's going on. We're standing on this mountain, and then, and then Jesus says this. So if you were a disciple right about now, had kind of a wild few weeks. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, you were walking into to Jerusalem with, like, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Like, you know, it was, it was all starting now. Like, this was, this was the revolution that was kicking off. And then you had a really bad week. And it ends with, you know, with Jesus being tried and executed. And the disciples... You know, for all intents and purposes, abandoning him when he needed it. And, and then hiding in a room, hoping they weren't next. And then things got weird. And, and women you know, come back from the tomb saying he's not there, and they think he's come back from the dead. And then Jesus shows up in the room, And Matthew, in his, when he's telling this story, he's pretty sparse on what happens between the resurrection and this point. Uh, it's, it's, it's one chapter. And, and he's really, I mean, it, it's, it's just a couple of, of vignettes. And I think he does that because he wants to make sure that what you walk away with is the point. Like he wants to make sure that, that the, the, the punch is where it ought to be um, and this, this is the climax of the story as far as Matthew's concerned. This is the point. This is the so what of the rest of the book, um, of the whole story. But we know that there's some things that he's, he's not told us. So, so if you're a disciple on this, on this point, uh, you know, on this mountain, we're not sure what all interactions with Jesus you've had. We know... They went to the the mountain which Jesus had directed them to go, and that's alluding to a backstory that we don't have. Um, but we know that disciples standing on this mountain at this point, um, there's probably some shame because they've. This is the guy that they really failed in a in a large way. Um, there's there's some just kind of overwhelmed or kind of emotionally just don't know what to make of, of the world. Um, and then it says, uh, it says, and some doubted, which I think is a fascinating tidbit to, to throw in. Um, usually when we talk about the great commission, we start in the verse after that we start and Jesus came and said to them, but the some doubted, I think is, is fascinating. And the word's a little ambiguous. It, it could be like, like Thomas, like, trying to think maybe there's another explanation going on here. Um, it could be, uh, the word could mean we're unsure, and, and it could be alluding to something like the uh, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, like they were unsure if this was really Jesus. Um, perhaps there was, you know, they were trying to, trying to recognize him. Perhaps, uh, you know, the word also implies um, being, you know, of, of two minds or divided. Um, it could mean uh, that they were, or, or some kind of a loss of, of stasis. They were, they were off balance. They were unsure, which all of those things make total sense at this point. And Matthew doesn't tell us like, a lot of details about what that is, and I think it's because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's Jesus' reaction to that doubt that I think is really fascinating here. Because what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, like, you know, shame on you people. You should know better by now. He doesn't say, to you who get it, go. Um, To you who uh, are all in, who, you know, have no, who have no doubt, who are sure, go. He says, well... And Jesus came to them, in some translations, that's came near to them and said, almost as if his presence is part of his reaction to doubt or his answer to that. And then he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So he doesn't talk about, about them. He doesn't address that directly. He talks about him i've I've won like this is a mind bogglingly large statement right um and if you're a disciple you're like I-, I don't actually know how you'd react to that um yeah it uh it's almost as if there's there's implication there that i'm I'm big enough to compensate for for your doubt, your uncertainty, your, your failure, or something and then and then he, and then he commissions them, he says, Go and and that word you know two, two letters there, a lot has been written about that word. Um, go, therefore. Uh, it clearly follows you know because I won because all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go. But uh, people have been have debated what exactly that means. You know, in the in the Greek, apparently, and there are many people in this room who know this better than me. Um, you know, the word is actually tacked to the next next verb. So it's it's uh, going make disciples would be kind of a more literal way to say it. And some people have argued that, that that's kind of softening the command, perhaps, it doesn't really mean a command, go. It's just as you go, make disciples. Um, so I had to check with, with Joe Longrino, who's a, you know, the resident expert for these, these things. And I don't want to misquote him, but he's also in godly place, so he won't know if I do. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume that authority. Right? Uh, and he said, that, so if you were writing a command, this would be a very normal way in Greek to do it. Like, so it is probably overselling this, uh, that argument to say that this is, this is not a command. It's, it's simply, as you happen to go on your way, make disciples. Uh, chaining together two, two imperatives in that way would actually be very, very natural in, in Greek. So the interesting thing to me, though, in this passage is it kind of doesn't matter whether that's Go as a command, uh, or as you as you go, make disciples. Uh, focusing on, and I think it kind of it kind of dodges the point a bit. Uh, for me, at least, when I'm trying to, when I want that to be not a strong command, when I want that to be as you go, make disciples. Uh, kind of, if I dig into that under the hood, it's how much do I have to do, really? Like, how, how strong is this? What am I getting called to? And, and you know, going is upheaval, like saying that you should go. I mean, that's, that is taking away that, that security, that, that all of the things that I've, that I've built up. Uh, that's, not, that's not comfortable. Uh, it's not a reaction that the, the disciples would have had, I assume. Because their world's already upside down. Um, it's not like he's tearing anything else out from under him. He's also not setting their world right side up. He's not saying, uh, "Go." He's not saying, we're, "We're going to Jerusalem now. We're, we're finishing this revolution. Where I'm going to appear in the, in, in the temple," because he doesn't. He's also not saying, "Go back to your fishing nets and your tax collecting tables." And as you live that life, make disciples. Because that's not what they do. For uh, for me, I um, mean, I guess, yeah. I want to, I want to dodge, I want to dodge that as a command. Because if I say, as you go, I can. I can do that halfway really well, right? I can I can live the same life and feel like perhaps um, you know perhaps I'm still within the, the the bounds that he's that he's set. I can stay divided. I can stay of two minds, um, kind of kind of not entirely uh, not entirely moving forward. I can go through the motions. Um, but that's never an option that Jesus actually gave, right? Because what he's saying in the, in the next line to go and do, you know, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And baptism itself is a sign of, of dying to your life and being raised in Christ. It's a kind of all or nothing kind of symbol we're, we're working with. And that's what they would have heard. They, they know about baptism. It's, it was already used as part of the... Uh, conversion to, to Judaism, and then John the Baptist used it uh, as a sign, for, for Jews, as a sign of, of repentance, like turning away from your old life and changing direction. Uh, it was intended as kind of an all-or-nothing sort of symbol, and then Jesus had continued that and added new, new layers of meaning on top of it, saying that it's, it's uh, identifying with his, with his death. You die with Christ and you're raised to, to new life, um, and then, along with that, uh, you know, this that that line, it, it make disciples. And then there's kind of two bullet points. Making disciples means baptizing and teaching. So people identify with Christ. They they commit, and then you have to teach them what that means. What does following actually look like? Um, for us, you know that that part of the of the of the puzzle, the teaching part, probably best happens in in the small groups that we call the mustard seed groups that, that Chris was talking about earlier, because um, to be honest, the sermon format is really not the best way to convey information. Sorry. You have to sit here anyway. Um, but... Whenever I go, like, wildly off, then I have to, to, to come back. Otherwise, I'm going to end up talking for an hour and a half, and that's not going to be good for, for anyone. Uh, he, be, he bookends that then. So, so he, talks, he, he gives you you brief, the 10-second the version of what making a disciple looks like. He throws in, of course, to the people, if you were a disciple hearing this for the first time, uh, you know, you've, you've known about baptism. You've also been been raised from, like, the first day of your life, For here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. And Jesus gives you this, you know, baptizing them, and then he gives three names. Which has got to to give people pause. Now, he's talked about how he is God, how the Holy Spirit will come from him and the Father. He's talked about how, you know, in the the prayer before he he dies, you know, God, please make them one as you and I are, are one. Like this... They've heard this kind of, of talk before, but this is the clearest, you know, kind of making it very clear. Um, these three are one. And I like how Jesus doesn't like expound on that at all. It's like, it's true. Deal with that. And, and now go. Um, and, and then, and then his, his, you know, his closing, he bookends this with talking about him you know, who he is and then where he will be. Um, below, I'm, I'm, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Which I think is especially interesting as a, a promise goes, um, seeing that, that presence, his presence seems to be how he responds to, to doubt and uncertainty. Um, you're, you're, you're overwhelmed, you're in over your head, you are not up to the task that I have just sent you to and I'm with you. And that's, that's how this is okay. So so does it mean that we all pack up and go to China? Is that? I'm not gonna say that that's not necessarily true. Let me think, think if I can rephrase that. Maybe. So, it doesn't necessarily. And we know that because when, uh, when the disciples went from here. And then they started making disciples. Uh, and we have, you know, we read through, through Acts and the letters. They don't say to people who become Christian, you know, here you have committed, you're now following Christ. So now pack up and leave and go to another country. Right. That's not a necessary part. Some people did. And that and that is good. But everyone got the same commission. And that's not what the commission meant. Um, the maybe that is maybe that is where, where you are though. I and mean, maybe for people especially in this in this room, in this in this town and, and the kind of going kind of kind of group that we have, I and mean, maybe God's been working on you for for a while to Say maybe that is, maybe that is where you ought to be. Um, maybe you should go, and a lot of us will go when I mean, we, we we, keep sending people out as kind of the, the, the rhythms of, of, seminary and, and such. And um, so, if so, I mean, the application for that it's it's fairly clear. Be open to that. That is a that is a reality that God, that God uh, calls and sends to. Um, the thing that I have to grapple with in this passage is that the difference between the one who goes to rural China and the one who goes to suburban Durham is geography, and that's it, right? It's not a different commission. It's not a different level of commitment. Um, going to suburban Durham just means it, maybe it's a little easier to fake it. Um, I think the the call that, that the disciples heard here was from now on we are oriented towards going. We are we are a going people. That's in our DNA. That's that's part of who we are. And everyone here has we've you know we've come from that line, right? Someone we're here because someone went to us. Whether we're here because we, you know, are disciples of Jesus, or we were just kind of curious, or we're being like actively held down in the pew. like, you know we're here because someone went and, and brought us here right and and someone went to them um, and someone went to them and if you follow that line back far enough I mean you're on this mountain we're we're a going people we're people who are, who are oriented towards towards this now it for a lot of people here you know you you are going you feel like like this you know you're preaching to the choir which I guess I actually am cuz we don't have it, so you are the choir. Um, you know, a lot of people are going. Uh, you know, they feel like you've already kind of left your life behind and you're, and you're in it. Um, and I think there's two things that, that I would want, want you to walk away with. Um, one is, is, I guess, Jesus' response to, to failure and doubt and all of the, the things that happen. Because the call is kind of bigger than we can comprehend, right? It's, it's bigger than we give it credit for. Um, and often when we get into it, that's kind of ha- what we find out. Like this, this is a whole lot more than we understood. That was one of the, the, the uh, letters that Lottie Moon would send home a lot is, you know, send people. Let, let people know that, you know, that there, there's a harvest here. Send people to work, but let them know that it's hard, right? Set expectations right. Um, and uh, and I think that, that usually happens. Like the, the call ends up being bigger than we give it credit for, but the promise is also larger than we can comprehend, right? I am the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, and I'm with you to the end of the age. And that is, a, that is a, an impossibly deep uh, thing to think through. Um, the challenge for for me, the thing that i 'm trying to trying to wrestle with here is um, what does it what would it look like to go like it, if you know as a person who 's kind of settled down who's who's got the stuff that he 's filled his house with that 's all kind of geared towards making me comfortable if if this meant pick up and go, pack up and go to other country in like the most extreme way possible, what what would I resent? What would I regret? What would be my ooh, but what about, what would be the thing that would be really hard? Um, and that's something that's probably keeping me from being oriented to, to going. That's that's something to think hard about. Let's, um, let's pray. God, help us to know what you've what you've called us to how big how big that is how what that really means help us to believe that that your word is true be be with us be be near us when we when we doubt when we question when we're when we're divided when we're when we're off balance Help us to know the enormity of what it means that you have all authority in heaven on earth. Help us to know that you are here. Help us all to be in your name and for your glory. Amen.